welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about break fees on sale. This is something that investors get caught out on all of the time and comes from a listener of the show, Vince, who said, look, with one of our rental properties, we've refixed for one year, but if we sell it within that year, will we incur a break fee once we pay off that mortgage? So we sell the property, pay off the mortgage, but it's still got some time left to run. Are we going to be charged a break fee? So the short answer there, Vince, is maybe. So let's just go back to what break fees are and how they're charged and calculated because no one really knows what a break fee will be until the time that it incurs. But given that rates have been trending down, these are a real concern for people if you are restructuring or selling a property within a fixed term. Now, the way a break fee works is simply like this. If you agree to pay the bank, say 3%, that's what you fix your mortgage at, 3%, and you're six months into that one-year fixed term, and then you go to sell the property and the rates have dropped, then there's going to be an economic loss to the bank because they can no longer get 3% if they take that money back from you and lend it to someone else. So if there's a loss to the bank, there's a cost to you. And so it works like this. If, say, the six-month interest rate, because, of course, there's six months left, is 2.5%, there's still extra cost to lending that money out again. So normally they go on, say, a wholesale rate. So that might be 2%. So there's a percent difference. So the bank considers it a 1% loss, so $3,000 a year on that number. So the loss to them is roughly $1,500. So they're going to pass that loss on to you. Now, really important that if you go to sell a property, you do two things. You ring up the bank or you talk to your broker and you find out firstly, when you sell that property, how much money do they expect to be paid back? Because just because you've said this property here is 321 Smith Street, I'm going to pay back that money and I'm going to take the difference doesn't necessarily work like that, particularly with these LVR restrictions coming screaming back on. So just today I was talking to one of my investors and their strategy has been to get rid of one of these underperforming rental properties. They've just restructured all their debt to ANZ and they kept that loan on floating. ANZ have bought in the LVR restrictions at 40%. Now if they sold that property now, they're going to have to pay all the money to the bank and they're probably going to lose some flexi limits. So I'm just working through whether or not there's actually any benefit in doing this. But I think without having done the numbers, the short answer is no, because while we were clever and we kept it on floating and there's no break fee, there's also the new LVR restrictions. So any new or restructure to their lending means that they are now at 40% deposit rather than 20% that they were a few weeks ago. So ask them, firstly, how much do I need to repay off the loan and will anything else be affected? And number two, will there be a break fee? And you need to find out what the break fee is as of today. Now, that's no guarantee that that's what it's going to be when you do complete the sale, because if in the month between going unconditional and and settlement, rates drop by a percent, that's another percent that's going to be added on to your fee. But one alternative to try and avoid the break fee, let's say that this is now for your owner-occupier. So you're going to sell your owner-occupier, you're still halfway through your interest rate period, and you go and buy the next property. So let's say you sell your property now for 400k and you've got a 200k mortgage on it, you go down the street and you buy a 600k property. 
Yes. So what you can do is transfer the security on that 200k mortgage and swap out your existing house and use your new property as a, the new security. So in that case, you've got 200k worth of equity, 200k mortgage. You'd then raise another 200k mortgage, so you've got the total 600k to purchase that property. That's right. So that's called a substitution of security, where you swap out one property for another. Now, one thing to remember here is that it can require both properties to settle on the same day. There are some banks that will give you a bit of flexibility there and they'll hold funds on TD, a term deposit for you. But generally speaking, you want your property transactions to happen contemporaneously, which means on the same day. So what that means is on Friday the 3rd, you have your new purchase settle and your sale go through. And then it's a nice smooth transition. Now, as an investor, this could be an option as well, but don't rush into a decision. And I say this because an investor just in December, a lady who I've known for a number of years, rang me up and said, oh God, I've got the situation. I've sold my property and there's a horrendous break fee. So what I need you to do is find me three rental properties that I can just settle and carry across that loan because it was her own occupied house, it was a big mortgage. Anyway, I got her to come in so I could actually digest this and when she came in, as much as I'd like to find three rental properties for her, I said, actually, you're just doing this too quickly and you're going to make some rash decisions, pay the break fees and then buy the right properties because she was going to go out there and probably just buy three dungers in order to avoid paying this break fee and the opportunity cost was going to be far worse. What was the break fee ballpark? I think it was about $20,000. Oh, painful. It's painful. Now, actually, one other thing with break fees is there's this new fee which people are coming across and it's not it's not actually a fee. It's the recouping of a cashback. If you take a cashback from a bank now when you draw down a mortgage, call it, uh, you know, it might be for a half million dollar mortgage, you might get four grand from the bank. If you take that and then you sell the property or repay the loan within often three years, they haven't actually got their pound of flesh. And so you have to, in most instances, pay that back. So that can be another one that's tripping people up now that I see on a regular basis. You go to your lawyer, you sign your documents for your sale, and you get your settlement statement from the bank, and oh, there's a $4,000 cashback that I've got to pay back, and and there's a $3,000 break fee, and then there's my discharge fee of $150, my legal fees and my agent's fees. There's no profit. And so you've just got to be really careful again that you consider all of these things. Now, you just mentioned, Andrew, the word discharge fee. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so discharge fees are an interesting one. So often, I remember Brian Crisp, the scary credit manager at the BNZ, told me off for this, and this is why I always remember it. When I was young, 18, Andrew, looking doe-eyed into into the eyes of Brian Crisp, because I used the word mortgage when referring to a loan. The mortgage is not the loan, Andrew. A home loan is a home loan and a mortgage is the security. So the mortgage is actually the registration on the title. So if you ever have a look at your copy of your title online, it'll say uh, mortgage registered to Bank of New Zealand and it'll say the time and the date. And so that shows on the title that the BNZ has the first mortgage on that property and then any subsequent mortgages, if you're unlucky enough to have the second mortgage or third mortgage on there, would be registered after that. So when you've paid off your home loan, not mortgage, if you've paid off your home loan, in case you're listening, Brian Crisp, probably dead now, if you've paid that off... 
there's not an automatic discharge. So the, the bank can still be registered there. Now, if you want to have that actually discharged, you've got to go to your lawyer and they've got to write to the bank and they've got to have that mortgage discharge, which is quite good. You know, if you've paid off enough of your home loans and you can actually remove your property, so it's unencumbered if it's your owner-occupied property, I think that's a good goal for people to get into a position where their investments aren't supported for the personal home later on down the track. So you go, you get that discharge and then there's a clear title and then it's great. Your house is all yours. Often though, if there's the possibility that you're going to take more money out from the bank and you've paid off your home loan, you don't necessarily need to discharge that mortgage. The bank can't call in a debt that doesn't exist. So if BNZ goes under, like they did in 1980 or whatever it was, they can't all of a sudden sell you up. It doesn't work like that. And similarly, that discharge fee, my understanding is it's about $150. It's, ch- it's cheap as chips, but you still have to pay your lawyer. Now, just one thing on the break fee that I should have mentioned before. So the word break fee makes us feel like it's a fee. And yes, it is, but actually, no, it's not as well, because it's just the interest that you agreed to pay. You're either paying it now or over the next six months. So if you're in a situation where you've got a house and you're thinking, oh, do I sell it now or do I wait until six months is up so I don't pay that break fee, you're still going to pay the interest because you're still paying 3% interest. You're just paying it in monthly installments over the next six months. So you've just got to remember that as well. You're paying it one way or another. Well, in many instances, the break fee may be cheaper because if the bank can loan it out that money out at 2% or whatever, you're not paying that additional. 2%. Correctly, uh, correct. If you if you've got a vacant uh, rental property and you're selling it, you've got two options: either pay three percent for the next six months or pay the percent difference, which might be the, one, which one percent, and then don't worry about. It. And that's actually the reason that break fees, generally speaking, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, they're not negotiable. Now, when I was thinking about this topic, I was trying to think of other instances where you might accidentally incur a break fee without thinking about it. And a common one would be if you're selling a property to yourself. Now, first-time listeners are going to think, what are you doing selling properties to yourself? But remember, to minimise tax, what you might do is sell a property you own in your own name or in a look-through company to a trust or a look-through company. So you'd sell it from one entity into another, raise a new mortgage and pay off the old one in order to be able to get the most tax-efficient structure. But of course, if you're selling that property to yourself, you may incur a break fee. Yes. So in some instances, banks can transfer that loan to a different entity. In most instances they can't. So what I would recommend there, if you're transferring a property into a look-through company and then you're going to raise some extra cash and pay down your personal debt, what I would probably do is I would do the transfer, I'd have the the ownership of the property put into the look-through company, I would keep the loan as it is in your own name, as it is at the moment, and wait for that to mature before switching that to the look-through company. Now, obviously, there's probably going to be a top-up mortgage. So let's say you've got 300k in your name at the moment. You're going to top that up by another 200,000 to the current market value of 500,000. Take the 200,000 new lending out in the look-through company. Keep the 300,000 in your name. Those are both still tax deductible because the test for tax is ownership and purpose. And so in that instance, it is completely legitimate. Again, talk to your accountant about this, but you'd still be able to raise the 200000 in your look-through company name, pay that off your personal mortgage, keep the 300000 existing investment loan in your own name, and then when that comes to maturity, then transfer it over. 
And within the sale and purchase agreement, when you're selling it to this look-through company, would you put something in like a delayed settlement? Oh, that's the other option. You could just do a delayed settlement. But if you want to take advantage of the tax benefits now, then you do it sooner. And the other thing is, if you delay it for six months, remember, Brightline starts from when it's transferred. And then similarly, if you sell the investment property to the open market and you don't take out a new mortgage, that's where you would pay a break fee because you're paying that mortgage back. But again, then you're not going to have to pay the interest costs. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more and more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property investment, want to go over those fundamentals, we've actually got a new video course where Andrew sits down for 19 lessons and walks you through those fundamentals of investment property. And the benefit of this, as opposed to the podcast, is that we've taken the top podcasts and been able to put visuals to them so we can show you graphs, we can show you spreadsheets, and we can take you through those fundamentals so you really get a grasp of them. Now, if you want to watch that video course, it is completely free. Don't even have to put your email address in. So I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes. Just tap or swipe over the cover art. It'll be in there. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.